zone. Get in that zone. Yeah, you just lose time. Oh man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's a good point. Whether it's writing, uh, mm-hmm. researching for the show, yeah, and, research. Yeah, definitely. Uh, doing music stuff. I have the outlets that you know. I just get into the zone and just kind of ignore everything. Yeah. Outside of that. But (laughs) welcome back to the high kind. It's me, Hudley. I'm with Andy and David tonight. Um, Yeah, Caitlin's missed the last couple of shows, but. Hopefully soon. Her work work. sucks. Yeah, her schedule sucks ass. But hopefully we'll have her back on the next episode or so. But tonight, Andy is. leading the charge mm-hmm. that's right uh, some, some dark shit well actually i'm going to keep it somewhat light because the thing about this, a little bit because some of these i'm doing demonology because you know i just want to ostracize what's left of any of our audience so i figure you know let's just talk about demons right <laughs> we already, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's bump this hate mail up let's do it um, let's do it yeah it's been calm right. the last week but i think everybody's uh, <laughs> Distracted. Distracted, distracted by yeah. the, the insanity. Like, I noticed that. Is like, something we, going on? I, I don't know. Did something I happen? Don't, I don't I haven't know. read the news I at all. No, nothing. Oh, okay. Cool. Nothing, nothing about the complete compl- collapse. I mean, of society. I, I rely on you guys <laughs> to keep me informed on, you know, what's going on in the material world. Oh, it, yeah. it's, it's fucking, it's fucking terrible. It's fucking okay, terrible. So just, just go back into my cave. Just, Got it. just go back. Just, yeah, just, just go, go back, back in your cave. Just open stop. the door. Yeah. Look outside. When you come back, when you come back, we may or may not have a country. Who knows? <laughs> open up. I just like, mm. It's a mystery. At this it's point. a mystery. It's, it, we're rolling the dice every fucking day. I'm just gonna nope out. I'm just like, no, just shut the door. Yeah, go very back. Yeah, kind of yeah you just like open the door, look outside, see everything burning. Like, I'm just gonna go. Oh, a little bit and just, yeah just shut, just shut the door slowly yeah. no. well, we talked good we talked Uh-oh. about it uh briefly me and david did oh on the last the day it happened because we recorded yeah. the day it happened that's right yeah on the last episode yeah. and oh god i had such a hard time I, and i know you and caitlin were just like no we just no <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. <clears throat> that was a that was a day for sure. Yeah. yeah, but oh well. For right now, we're gonna talk about something yeah. not much better. <laughs> so oh, well, the the way I'm gonna make this a little lighter because some of these demons, honestly, they're just silly as hell. Uh, some of their descriptions and some of their roles and stuff, like there's things you wouldn't think of that they do and like they're in charge of, and you're just kind of like, what the fuck. Um. And I don't know how much is just creative writing uh, over the years because there's been so many different books that have come out over the centuries about demons. And from my perspective, I like to study demons because I'm into protection magic and it's kind of like the whole know your enemy thing. So it's it's interesting to study them because when you know who you're dealing with, um, for instance, um, you can kind of know how to... Um, deal with the situation i guess like if you're under some sort of attack so to speak right Mm -hmm. um but the um 
first thing I'm going to start with, I guess I'm going to just do, I'm not going to go into every single demon because the, I'm doing the major hierarchy, like the, the movers and shakers, so to speak. Um, because there's a whole lot of demons, like anyone who's lo- even read the lesser key of Solomon. I mean, and I mean, there's just 72 just right there, <laughs> you know, like there's many, many books. Um, some of the ones I used, obviously for this research, one was the lesser key of Solomon. Uh, another would be, um, it was a book, I believe published in 1863, I think. Uh, the Dictionary Infernal, the Infernal Dictionary, uh, by Colin, Colin de Plancy. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but sounds good. So, uh, been, I used some of my, uh, I used another book uh, that David let me borrow, The Dictionary of Demons by Michelle uh, Bellinger. Also, some other good sources for information uh, are favorite occultworld.com that we I've used multiple times. David and I both have used before on the show uh, for sources. They have a lot of lot of information. And then there's another one called deliriumsrealm.com that I used a little bit from as well. Just so that I'm kind of citing everything. But what I did is I took a lot of this information and I combined it with divination. So the reason I did that is because of the telephone game like we've talked about before is that over the years a lot of shit just kind of gets built up and piled on and people get combined and characters in these stories whether they be demons or angels or whatever they just kind of all get just slammed together into to, to single characters um, when in fact many of them are separate. So I wanted to actually use divination in combination with the information available to kind of filter through uh, some of the things that may or may not be true um, and to kind of get a more clear picture of the hierarchy. Uh, also, the part of the reason for doing that too is, well, one thing I noticed during my research was that many of the, um, many of the demons are in charge of certain sins and things like that, right? You might have a demon who's in charge of lust. We'll talk about Archdemon of Lust. But it looks like those things change over time as well. So people are changing roles. Also, I've noticed rankings have changed um, based on like what the Lesser Key of Solomon cha- has has kind of said. What the you know the ranks he lists the ranks of the demons. A lot of that has changed too, which makes sense because over the centuries you would have infighting, and you know they're very futile in their design, right? Uh, you know you got the the king and queen at the top, basically type system. So it kind of makes sense. They're just constantly vying for power and, and it's changing hands over the, you know, over the centuries and stuff like that. So, um, but to start off, the, I guess you'd have to start off where they're from, I guess, would be the best place. And there's a lot of names for it. Um, it's not exactly hell. Hell would be a realm right above it that they kind of uh, leech into, and there's a lot of them there. But where they come from is what I refer to as the void. Now, there's a lot of names for this mythologies. In Greek mythology, it's Tartarus. It's where they seal up problematic giants or titans that often were sealed away there and other gods who for whatever reason were too destructive or whatever they would all often seal them in tartarus so basically they threw them into the into the void i mean as far as my interpretation maybe they're just like tossing them into a black hole or something but i'm not really sure <laughs> there's a uh, in the bible would be the lake of fire uh it is uh moosefulheim in norse mythology 
which is weird because you would expect it to be nothing. But from my divinations and all my research, it's a realm of fire. <laughs> so I don't know. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know how it ends up being the void, but also being, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of like, um, you remember in, I don't know if you remember in uh, Star Trek Voyager, David, there was another type of space they found this species in called fluidic space. Yeah. And yeah, species ate something. I can't remember, but they yeah, wanted to like, they wanted to destroy all life in the universe and they were even kicking the Borg's ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. like, they're basically the, these archons, right? They're the, <laughs> they're the demons. They, they have, they just want to oh, annihilate shit. all life in existence basically, but they don't have an we're, easy way to get here. So yeah, I was going to say like, we're doomed if, unless, you know, they find a way to get here. Like if that well, happens, there's no that's, stopping them. That's the problem. Well, and that's <laughs> also the plot to a lot of stories conveniently, isn't it? You know, and like the, yeah. Oh, like right. fiction predicting the future thing but um yeah yeah that's a problem but they usually have to act through us you know they have to have dumb uh foolish magicians and other people like that who they want to make uh deals with i guess you know because they're willing to teach you they're willing to make deals which you find through this this uh um netherworld i guess would be another name for it uh because it's not really it's not the underworld it's more like the netherworld but um the first being that was sealed up in this is is referenced in Gnostic theology is Iyadaboth. Um, he was a creation by an entity called an Aeon, Sophia. And Sophia, Aeons are basically the first creations of God. They're like the most powerful cosmic entities in existence. Um, and, you know, next to the universe itself, basically. Like if God is the universe itself, which in this framework it is um so sophia they're supposed to not they're not supposed to create life without their their partner right or a partner um to balance masculine and feminine energies but sophia did and created something on her own and that the the product of that was yadaboth and he was kind of abandoned in the material realm and it's kind of a tragic story in general but he ended up basically becoming a really evil asshole and they had to seal him away. He was causing a lot of destruction, a lot of damage. And that, that's generally the trend with these stories is that anyone who's like extremely destructive, they just, you know, just throw them, throw them in the black hole for a little while. It's timeout, spiritual timeout, I guess, of some sort is how, how I'm viewing it from a larger sounds perspective. It's like a terrifying timeout corner. I would never want to go oh my there God. as a kid. Yeah. I mean, that's, that would be pretty bad. It's like but, void and fire and... Yeah, hateful these like <laughs> just no. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of politics. I'm sure you know if they're all vying for power, they're probably just ugh. it's just a bunch of infighting and torture and no, it's gross. Yeah. Um, but the um, there's some references in some stories because Yadaboth has many names. Uh, Satan is one of them, but Satan's more of a title. It means adversary. In the Bible, he's Abaddon. Um, Abaddon is the demon of the pit, uh, the, the angel of the pit. And the pit is basically this part of this location in hell that's just this never-ending pit, uh, which Tartarus is also described as that too. So there's often these two descriptions kind of, and I don't know where they overlap yet from my research because there's like they use either fire to describe it 
or they are using like an endless void to describe it. So clearly there's some overlap there that I haven't quite sussed out yet. But I have found some references in both with my divination and other stories that Yadavoth basically has a wife of sorts or a partner, I guess. And the story kind of reminds me of Frankenstein in a way. Because Frankenstein, you know, was like this this monster that was created by man, right? Like without the divine spark, I guess, if you were looking at it from an esoteric point of view. And he was destructive and angry and, and killed people and stuff. So what did they do? They tried to make him a wife to calm him down. <laughs> you had the bride of Frankenstein. And at least from some, from some of my research so far, the Aeons created... They basically created another entity for him, hoping before they sealed him away, hoping it would calm him down. But just like the movies, it didn't it didn't work and they were just twice as destructive, right? So that person entity's name, one of the references to her is Hela from Norse mythology or Hel or Hell. And they reference her as being Loki's daughter, Loki and Angerboda's daughter. But I think that may have just been an avatar of hers that was their daughter, if that because the way avatars work in general, you can have a very um, powerful spiritual entity, right, with a lot of energy, and they can just aspect a portion of themselves into a vessel. That's essentially what an avatar is, right? We're all avatars of our, our spirit, you know? Our spirit's much bigger than we are. So, um, so I think as far as Norse mythology goes, it, they don't reference her a lot, and that's one thing I'm going to be continuing digging into. But they kind of are like the ultimate leaders, the emperor and empress of hell, I guess you could call them. Um, but real quick, I'm just going to go through some... Um, I'm going to go over some of the more popular ones, is what I decided to do. Because a lot of these have been used in, in pop culture, and some of them we've even talked about on the show. So we'll be doing some callbacks. Oh yeah, one of the other names for, um, as far as a callback goes, for Yadaboth was the um, the evil-minded one in the um, Iroquois legend, if you guys remember, from the Black-Eyed Children episode. Um, mm -hmm. they, yeah, yeah, they said the children were possessed by Otkun, and Otkun is the evil energy, and they were directed by the evil-minded one. So, like, that's another reference to them that we've heard before. Um, Oh, by the way, since Huntley's fan of Norse mythology, he's Surtur, the fire giant in Norse mythology. Ah. Destined to destroy Asgard. So he ah. is, and Asgard's essentially heaven, right? So, mm -hmm. like, fascinating that, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a story that kind of plays out, I think, over and over and over again. So there's something you may have heard of. Abraxas is one. Uh, it kind of sounds like a cleaning agent to me of some sort. Like if I were to clean my tub, I would go buy a bottle of Abraxas. But <laughs> it sounds like a futuristic city, too. It, that works too. Uh, he's the high king <clears throat> of hell, basically. So he's like right underneath Yadaboth. Um, but he was always represented in a lot of Gnostic theology is he had like a breastplate on he had the head of a rooster and the tail and and his bottom half were like serpentine right he had like two snakes for legs or something like that and yeah he was um yeah they called it dragon's feet and he had a whip in his hand so there was a lot of there's a lot of mystery around him and his origins and it seems like he from what I from what I divined, he's definitely a demon, but he likes to pretend to be God. Like he likes to 
when he acts here on earth, he likes to deceive people into thinking that he is like God. He's the, you know, or he's Christ. He'll do that too from a lot of the, uh, the uh, demonology entries that I saw on him. And there's a lot of debate of whether he actually was or not. But from my divinations, uh, he was. Um, he, uh, he was an interesting one just because he sounds fucking crazy. A lot of these are also chimeric bodies, which I find interesting because if you're looking at it mythologically, maybe there was a time of chimeras. I don't know. Maybe there was a time where there was some other advanced race, whether they were human or otherwise, that was just doing genetic engineering and making crazy shit. And maybe demons ended up getting like <laughs> possessing these, these, uh, strange combinations. I don't know. I'm going to go over just some quick, uh, some ones that were uh, just interesting uh, that I found humorous in general. Um, so Abraxas, like I said, he's a high king of hell. One of the other kings of hell, his name is Adramelech. So he's called the great chancellor of the underworld and the president of the high council of devils. Now that's one hell of a title. Man. This is the best part though. His role he oversees the king of demons' wardrobe. <laughs> He's what? a fucking tailor. Oh no. He's like that guy from um Deep Space Nine, Garrick? Is that his name? Oh yeah. The Cardassian. Yeah, I about that. yeah the Cardassian, yeah. Garrick. That's a very good example to use, actually. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I was like, oh man, he's a king of hell. He must, you know, he's got all these great titles, and then yeah, he's a tailor. Mm -hmm. so that's weird but he also liked to have children uh be burned at his altars um he sometimes shows up with the face of a mule or sometimes a peacock see it's the thing when you deal with demons you know this guy will probably give you good fashion advice but at the same time he's probably going to ask you to like sacrifice your child to him so cost isn't worth it yeah not really you know not really fashion advice is not worth that much but think about that. What if there's like a fashion designer out there that has made like a deal with? <laughs> oh you never God. know. You never know. Yeah. You never know. You, you never know. There's magicians everywhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a common thing with a lot of these. Is they they like to have these these you know sacrifices, and often they're children. Um, Astaroth, uh, a name you may have heard before. He's one of the um, kings of hell and he is just sounds kind of badass uh he's an ugly angel riding a dragon and holding a viper in his left hand and you want to know what his job is as badass as he sounds oh no he's the treasurer he's the treasurer, he's the treasurer. i mean you know, okay. that kind of makes sense that's one way to intimidate someone right when you're collecting taxes well i figured you'd be into some of these too a lot of these are from the lesser key uh, as well um oh cool i just thought that shit is hilarious the dictionary infernal that gives a lot more awesome. detail about their jobs and their rankings mm. and stuff well so does the lesser key but i just think it's hilarious they're like yeah he's just badass he's riding a dragon and he's got a fucking viper in his hand and he's the treasurer like what is this like student council or something in high school <laughs> like why do you right. need a treasurer why do you have money what the fuck are you what's going on here? yeah so we got a tailor we got a treasurer right like they're very egotistical <laughs> clearly but it makes I, sense yeah. right if they're influencing our world right what do we care about like our world is heavily focused on finance and appearance and pride and like okay greed and 
oh, this kind of makes sense a little bit. Yeah, true. Maybe maybe that realm is like their their testing area for what mm. they tried to do up here. Yeah, include well, I'm sure the tortures are part of that too. Uh <laughs> <And> everything. <laughs> Uh, so Asheroth was one of the seven princes who visited Faust uh, in the book. Um, and he uh, appeared as a serpent with a colored tail, two small feet, and, and a chestnut neck and spines similar to a hedgehog. They can grow up to a finger's length. So they're all shapeshifters, too. They seem to be. They yeah. all seem to be able to change their gender and their form into whatever they want, which kind of reminds me of like. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like Full Metal Alchemist a little bit, like the homunculi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, which they represented the seven sins, which I'm going to get into here in a minute. Oh, um, for sure. But they it's interesting. Have, like a preferred form, but they did they still shape shift into whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially envy and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was envy's specialization. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. And you kind of wonder how much truth is kind of woven into certain stories like that because they had to do their research, right? So, oh yeah, here's one. Dantelion, he's one of the other kings uh, or queens. It's hard to tell with with them from my research because they just tend to change roles a lot. Um, so he's a uh, he's listed as a duke, but he's actually king now. Um, but he appears in the form of a man with many many faces of men and women, and he carries a book in his hand. And he knows all human thoughts and can change them at will. He makes people fall in love and can show visions of people anywhere to others. And he teaches the arts and scientists and sciences. So he really loves the humanities. Um, but he can also control your mind. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the, the worst uh, college professor ever. I, that's exactly what I thought. Mm. I was like, is he the college yeah. professor of the demons? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that he's the patron he's the demon dean. of college professors. He's the dean. Oh my god. <laughs> oh Jesus. Community references always. Yes. Uh let's see. I mean, and the Dean did dress up as, you know, the devil. He's got the, mm-hmm. the whole wardrobe thing going on. Maybe yep. that's what the Dean actually is, is the wardrobe person. Oh god, that's perfect. <laughs> Adramelic. Oh god. And there's that episode when the Dean was dressed up as the devil. When they were doing the Halloween episode. Exactly. Oh my god. Pilates is the demon that eats your genital. <laughs> I love that. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh let's see. Like I said, I'm keeping a lot of these light. Like there's a there's a lot of demons. And there's you know, anyone can go to these sources to look them up and and do more research. But I just I picked out the ones that I, it was just I kept laughing as I was doing these because a lot of them were just ridiculous. So this guy, I'm going to read his title before his name because his, he sounds badass until you hear his name. Uh, he appears as a soldier wearing a duke's crown and riding on a griffin. That sounds badass. He's preceded by two ministers sounding trumpets. So he's got like hype men. You know, he's got a band following him. Yeah. Uh, he teaches philosophy and he makes souls of the dead appear and answer questions. Uh, necromancer. Hell yeah. He, his name is Murmur. <laughs> murmur murmur just murmur just murmur, murmur, murmur murmur like does he talk like that does he murmur when he talks like do you, is that is his thing i mean just like yeah. i can't hear you i'm sorry <laughs> you, you need to enunciate uh, speak up please speak up, murmur. 
Uh, but yeah, a lot of these also have bands. I found like Beleth. He has a he rides a pale horse. You know, there's always that symbolism, right? The pale horse. Mm-hmm. But he uh, he has a band that goes behind him too. I don't get it. I don't know. But yeah, they all they all do the the band thing. They all are really really arrogant. It seems, which make I guess makes sense. As far as the Kings of Hell, I think that's probably about good. I don't really. Um, Oh, I was in the Queens as well. I wasn't going to go too far deep in them because I want to focus on the the archdemons. Uh, seven of them in particular. The ones that represent the seven sins. Because they are a lot more stories about them, as you're aware of one of them, Asmodeus. Um, and again, people have changed roles, it seems, from my divinations. So some of the, these entities you would know as kings of hell or, or other roles or presidents or whatever. Kings and presidents appear to be the same thing from my divination there's also princes of hell and earls they really like the whole feudal system apparently which makes sense again yeah i mean it's a hierarchy where anyone like the strongest take power pretty much is what happens there yep yep it makes a lot of sense but to start off we're gonna start off with belphegor now originally he was the representation of sloth now he's pride and he is the leader of the archdemons So uh, they're also known as the Dukes and Duchesses as well, um, if you're looking up their titles and ranks and things. But he's like the High Duke, I guess. He's like the head of them right now, Um, which, again, that that role has changed over time. But he's known as the Demon of Discoveries and of Ingenious Inventions. Belphegor is said to appear as a young girl and give wealth. So the best part about him, (laughs) which I didn't expect, but it's going to be another callback to some of our... our, uh, our earlier shows. Okay, he was worshipped by the Moabites as Balfagor on Mount Fagor. Some rabbis claim that he must be worshipped on a toilet with offerings being the residue of one's digestion. Yep, he's, <laughs> he's a shit demon. Oh my god. Scatamancy. No. Scatamancy. <laughs> the demon of Scatamancy. Oh my god. He's... He is Golgotha. The scat- <laughs> he's the scatological demon. He's a cacodemon. Jesus. He's the leader of the cacodemons. That's disgusting. Like, mm-hmm. And how yep. is that associated with pride? I don't. I who, uh, does he take pride with his well originally originally like, originally he was sloth right so maybe he's changed maybe he cares more about his appearance than he used. to. <laughs> It would make sense. It would make sense as sloth, though, right? Because you know, if you're just lazy and you're just like covered I mean, in shit and dirt and sure. gross, yeah. <laughs> so that's fun. Yeah, you know, everything comes back around. Um, the book and South Park episode, Mom, yeah. toilet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> basically that. That's him. Um, oh or like in Dogma, you remember the Cacodemon in Dogma? Uh-huh. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so other other people have uh, come to the conclusion that he might be the god Pet, also known as Crepitus, who they think may be a satirical god that was created by early Christianity as a joke in Rome. But he Crepitus was the Roman god of flatulence, of farts. Oh, my God. For <laughs> may, real. It may have been satire, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so people associate Belphegor with Crepitus. Um, so again, often human victims were, were his sacrifices. Uh, his priests would partake of the flesh of the the sacrifices. So cannibalism, 
you know, yeah, then we get back as to not, the not so fun things. Yeah, as you do, uh, you know, when you're a shit demon worshiper, I guess you eat your own poop and you probably eat human flesh because, you know, that's just the thing you do for power. And, and when you're uh, why? Obviously. Why? I don't I can't even pretend it's, it's obvious to me. I mean, I don't know about yeah. you. I don't know why you're struggling with this. <laughs> <laughs> So this is the best part. Okay, so the, some writings from his priest, or, or or not his priest, but like some writings about his priest and their beliefs. Whereas wrote that he always has an open mouth. Yeah. Mm. Attributing it to the name Fagor, which according to the lawyer means crevice or split. So the butt crack, maybe? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean... If he's the shit demon, it only makes it would sense only make sense shit out of his mouth. Yeah, it's shit out. Of- <laughs> <laughs> that South Park episode too, where they poop out of their mouth. <laughs> I forgot about that. God damn oh it. my god! No, oh, not so like good. this. So good. Not like, <laughs> not like this. So that was just the first Arch demon. Ah, uh, well, the next one's not Enjoy. as fun, but there is a lot of pop culture references to him, and that is Azazel. You heard of Azazel? Mm, yeah. Yeah. A couple so, times. Currently, he's the archdemon of Envy. Um, hmm. So, he, <clears throat> according to some references here for people that want to learn about him, uh, Book of Enoch is a really good example. It deals with his origins. Um and his origins, I'm going to go into because they also apply to Asmodeus. Asmodeus straight up told Solomon his origins, which were very interesting. Um, and that fight you talked about between them, I'm going to go into that because it kept going. Yeah. I didn't know if you knew that. Oh, that fight. Kept going. Oh yeah, I. This was like a condensed version oh, yeah. that I saw, but I didn't I'm, see. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going into it. I'm going into it. Gets it's so much. It's like a superhero fight. It's it's so cool. Um, awesome. But anyways. So Azazel, he brought the art of making swords and knives and shields and breastplates. So more advanced weaponry, right? Warfare, advanced warfare is what he brought. But he also showed his chosen how to make bracelets, decorations, shadowing of the eye with antimony, ornamentation and beautifying of the eyelids, using all kinds of precious stones and coloring tinctures and alchemy. So he also brought this, this influence of makeup, apparently, which... I don't know if that's just early Christianity and their chauvinism and, and, you know, um, more um, patriarchal ways. It could be, right? So, misogyny. Yeah. But he's often associated with warfare. So I think that's a very safe bet (laughs) with him uh, from the beginning, Mm -hmm. from multiple sources. Yeah. So warfare is a good bet with him. But they used to do a ceremony with him where they would basically take two goats from a town and on one they would mark for the Lord and the other they would mark Azazel on the Jewish Day of Atonement. The one for the Lord would be used as a sacrifice, a sin offering. And then the goat designed as as Azazel would be left standing alive before the Lord. And what they would do is the priest would lay his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess all of the inequities and sins and transgressions onto the goat and then release it off into the wilderness. So it was like this whole ceremony, this symbolic way to like let go of your sins, I guess. <clears throat> and so Azazel is often called the scapegoat. And uh, the goat sometimes is used as his symbol. Now, uh, he's not Baphomet, I will say that outright. <laughs> 
Baphomet's Baphomet is not actually a demon, I don't think, from my research. Um, but yeah, he's often associated with that. So he is in the show Supernatural. Uh, he was the yellow-eyed demon in the beginning, in the first few seasons. He was uh, a central character in the beginning. Um, and he was trying to bring about the return of Satan, basically, you know. And he also was the main villain in the movie Fallen. Did you ever see that? With Denzel Washington and John Goodman? Uh, Such a good movie. I so might good. have. Is that the one with... um? The dude who plays Strider in Lord of the Rings? No. Or is that something else? No, it, you need to watch it. Denzel plays a okay. uh, a detective who's tracked down the serial killer. And the serial killer is Azazel. He possesses people. And um. he gets the gas chamber and he just moves on and he keeps fucking with the detective that thought he caught him. Right? And mm -hmm. it's one of the only movies... I'm not going to ruin the end, but it, there's a twist. And it's one of the hmm. one of those movies when I first saw it, I was like, holy shit, like, did that just happen? It's really good. Um, but it's uh it's an excellent I mean it's Daniel Washington, John Goodman. There's a lot of really good actors and you can't go wrong really there. So um yeah. but anyways, that's all I'll say on Azazel for now. Um there's a guy named Malfus. Malfus is a <laughs> he's a, apparently they list him as a president, but it seems like he got demoted. He often appears as a crow. Um, he can also shapeshift. Um, he <laughs> this is another funny one. He skillfully builds houses and high towers and brings down the temples and towers of enemies. So he'll not only help. That's you, a good skill set. I mean, he'll not he'll help you build your house, but your neighbor might not be happy. I think you know. You know, he'll just get a little too uh, carried away, I guess. He says he will bring yeah. deceivers together quickly and destroy the desires, thoughts, and accomplishments of anyone's enemies. So yeah, he's not a great guy, but help you build your house. So, you know, everyone ha he's a craftsman, I guess. He's a carpenter. Good to have a hobby. To know a handyman. You know. It's good to have a hobby, too, you know, especially, I'm sure, when you're a demon. There's a lot of anger, and, you know, you just need to... Yeah. That's how Put he that gets into, into his, his, his flow state. His he zone. just builds houses. He just builds houses. <laughs> you know? He's a woodworker. Yeah. All right, so then there's Asmodeus. Yeah, we have heard about him from your episode. Awesome. Yeah, he's an interesting one. Quick re reminder. So his, his role, his chief objectives originally. Now, originally he... Um, he was originally the uh, the archdemon of lust, but now, according to divination, he's wrath. So I guess he's gotten hmm. mad and tired of raping people. Um, but Asmodeus, <laughs> this is a is a yeah. lust demon, and yeah, uh, Asmodeus's chief objectives are to prevent intercourse between husband and wife, wreck new marriages, and force husbands to commit adultery. Uh, one of the chief demons involved in cases of possession um there's actually references to asmodeus in the salem witch trials uh interesting note um hmm. as being yeah as one being one of the demons that was blamed for the events right and again it makes sense history at that time super patriarchal and you know that the whole witch burnings and all that were that's a, you know you went into that in more detail in the, you know in your yeah you know, origins of witchcraft yeah we so, did a whole so. Yeah, the whole episode. Yeah, on that. go back to that one if you want a background on on how fucked up all that is. But um, so um, 
It says throughout history has been regarded as one of Satan's most evil infernal demons, usually portrayed as having three heads, those of an ogre, a ram, and a bull, all sexually licentious uh, creatures. Uh, having the feet of a cock. I didn't know ogres were sexually licentious. I just wanted to point that out. Apparently. Yeah, I didn't know that either. <clears throat> I didn't know that. I missed that in uh, Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they might have had to like leave that part out of the Did movie they edit out what they did to those hobbits? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> those were ogres, right? That turned the stone? Those, they they were, were, yeah. 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 Okay. Or no, trolls. Cave trolls. Oh, those were trolls. Okay, we're safe then. Yeah. The hobbits did okay. not get molested. Oh, Everyone, it's fine. It's okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> you can stand down. So emergency he, averted. Emergency averted. He has the feet of a cock. <laughs> and another sexually aggressive creature, as the article pointed out. And having wings in the tail of a serpent, he rides on a dragon and breathes fire. Uh, so, you know, Asmodeus. Oh, so the story, though, we are going to have to touch on that story real quick. Um, I'm going to read it because uh, it was pretty epic. <clears throat> Just a quick reminder. Solomon basically tricks Asmodeus uh, into <clears throat> um, bondage right to him and uses him to build the temple it is the general gist of it. But... Um, during their conversation, he actually tells uh, Solomon that he is the product um, a fallen angel and a human, um, which in the Bible are referred to as the Nephilim. There's a lot of different names for these entities in different cultures. In Japanese mythology, they're Oni demons. In Indian mythology, in Hinduism, they're Rakshasas. Um, they're often... Uh, <clears throat> I, I actually think Goliath in the Bible was one of them because they said he was... Um, they were a very tribal species from what I've gathered and they had a bunch of different tribes. One of them was called the Rafame and Goliath was of the Rafame, right? And he had 12 fingers, 12 toes. He was a giant, you know, and you see these recurring themes, but the Nephilim aren't, weren't all evil. Uh, some of them in the Genesis, they're referred to as the heroes, heroes of old, the men of renown, right? And they're half angel, half human sounds sort of like many of the stories of demigods right from greek mythology they're half god half human hercules perseus go down the list right achilles so yeah. so many of them were heroes but some of them apparently were possessed by demons i guess these vessels and asmodeus ended up on one of those and so did azazel both of them entered i guess the world through those vessels as uh, how i'm understanding it from my research so yeah. i thought that was just an interesting note that Asmodeus told him that. Yeah. Another random. So, mm -hmm. like, on the topic of Nephilim and like Lord of the Rings, the mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> sounds kind of oh, like the, yeah. the race of Numenor. What the were they? Was that from Cimmerillion? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was before um, the, the, the trilogy. Um, it was. Were they yeah, half God and half. What were they? Pretty much. I. I'm trying to remember exactly what they were, but they were, they were blessed. They were like the first humans, I think. And they were like blessed by the mm -hmm. the gods that kind of created middle earth and, and ruled over it. So they were like partially immortal and they were just like superior humans in every way. Gotcha. Much. So like the first um, version basically that was like interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's and right. then eventually yeah. they, they rebelled against, uh, I think Morgoth 
turned them against the the original gods. Oh, well, this story Miller. sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then yeah. so you know when Morgoth was defeated and locked away into the void, they punished the Numenorians and removed a lot of their powers and the longer life and everything. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. Again, note Tolkien's work is so similar because he was he was going to the same well, right? You know, in his imagination mm-hmm. to the myths that he loved. And I think in a lot of ways his world that he envisioned is just these are the same stories we've heard being retold, but uh I love his vision of it. I just could never I have not been able to get through the Cimmerillion. You're you're braver than I am. It's difficult. I I had to skip around after a certain point. Yeah, it's the Bible and, <laughs> of, yeah, of Middle Earth. Yeah. 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 Um, definitely the Bible of Middle Earth, for sure. And it, mm-hmm. when, if you're a fan, it's worth getting into because it, his cosmology, I, you know, in my belief, everyone is just looking at things from different perception. And his cosmology, I think, is accurate in its own way. You know, it's telling these same stories mm-hmm. just from a different perception. And I don't think there's anything wrong with like, Tolkien fans that really truly believe deeply in these kind of things because it's the same stories we've been hearing over and over again for thousands and thousands of years. So they originate somewhere. There's some truth in them, you know? Yeah. Right. In that rant yeah. real quick. Uh, anyways, back to Asmodeus. Uh, yes. Yeah. So anyways, he gets um, uh, a bunch of stuff happens with yeah okay so he has some some fights with Raphael, the archangel it looks like before the whole solomon thing went down so he's clearly able to stand toe to toe with an archangel okay so give you an idea of power mm-hmm. if if you know that's it, lo- it looks like in egypt they had some fights so that kind of sounds fucking crazy and awesome um yeah. <laughs> but um he uh so he was taken to the presence of king solomon um it says he was sullen arrogant and defiant um i guess as you would expect um but he was bound and he um yeah he ordered the uh asmodeus to be flogged (laughs) and so i guess he was just like you know basically started using him as manual labor to build the temple um along with the other demons that asmodeus commanded and as you mentioned in your story, he basically Asmodeus tricks him into giving him his ring, right? The ring of Archangel Michael. And yeah. if he's able to break his, his confinement and um, it says um, yeah, so actually he asked him to remove his chains and lend him his ring to show him his true power basically because Solomon was confused as how he was able to bind him so easily and control him. So I guess this whole thing was a trick. And so he, then he, you know, he fucking Hulk punches the shit out of Solomon yeah. and hurls him away. Uh, so Asmodeus steals the ring. He forces Solomon into exile and becomes king himself. He throws the ring into the sea. But Solomon, so maybe he wasn't able to use it, I'm guessing, because it was the ring of an archangel. Mm-hmm. It would make sense. But it was still a powerful object he wanted to get rid of. Um, yeah. The... um. So anyway, Solomon's lover finds the ring, one of his lovers, one of his many lovers, as, uh-huh, as you mentioned. A lot of them. Um, he finds the ring in a belly, in a fish belly, or she finds it in a fish belly, uh, and the king regains his power. So he's immediately transported to Jerusalem when it puts the ring on the ring. So it fucking teleports him back 
into the kingdom, right? This is epic as shit. I love it. Yeah. So this is the hero's journey, man. He was he got he got sucker punched out of Jerusalem. He's uh in exile. The ring, the one ring comes back <laughs> to him, right? <laughs> Again, Tolkien. This is kind of weird. Um mm-hmm. but he uh um basically he as punishment he puts Asmodeus in a jar. Asmodeus was absorbed into Christmas lore, uh, Christian lore, becoming one of the devil's leading agents. Something interesting about that, though, is that going back again to pop culture reference would be Full Metal Alchemist, because the first homunculus yeah. was the dwarf in a jar was his name. And mm-hmm. um, really fascinating. And out of him, he turned into this father entity he called himself. And then out of them came the seven deadly sins, right? So that's an interesting thing to note that, like, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of, you know, I always wonder how, like, sometimes when creative people are, are we all, like, tapping into the same source of information and telling it in different ways? And I do wonder Mm -hmm. about that, you know, like, how much is there truth kind of being um, subconsciously woven into these stories that we all love, right? Because we all love the same kind of stories, and they're all based on the same structures, and, you know... So in the same subject matters, you know, it's it's the same arcs. Right. So interesting to know. Um, but yeah, so that was that was cool. You know, he had it was a superhero fight basically, and it sounds like that's what most of these were. Um, but uh, moving on from Asmodeus, uh, this one is hilarious as well. Gamogen, his name's Gamogen. He's an archdemon. Uh, he appears in the form of a small horse or an ass. <clears throat> and then changes into a horn- human. He's a he's a pony. Okay. He's a fucking pony. Yep. He is a pony. He's a he's a pony demon. Why would you ever like choose that? Well, I don't, his, I don't get it. Well, there's also his his abilities and his jobs are uh he teaches liberal sciences. <laughs> As a pony does. <laughs> As a obviously. pony demon does. <laughs> And he delivers news about people who have died in sin. So he's just a good guy sometimes. I don't know. He can summon... It's a well-educated pony. He summons the souls of drowned men and those who are in purgatory. Uh, I don't understand, but it's fine. I don't need to. He's a pony. That's all I need to know. If I see a demon pony at any point, I know who I'm talking to. I know I don't want to talk to them. One of a kind. I have no need for his services in my life. Um, <laughs> all right, so then we got Belial. He's, um, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to say, uh, Gamogen, I don't know what the the um, the association sin. is with Gamogen. Yeah, the sin is. It's not one of the seven sins, so it's it's got to be something else, but that's fine. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious. Mm. So um, Belial yeah. <laughs> is the current uh, archdemon of uh, lust. Uh, appears in the form of two beautiful angels riding a chariot of fire. Um, so an interesting thing to note, uh, it's the entry for Belial. Um, it says, in courts and palaces, he also reigns, and in luxurious cities where the noise of riot ascends above their loftiest towers, and in injury and outrage, and when night darkens the streets, then wander forth the sons of Belial, flown with insolence and wine witness the streets of sodom and that night in gabeah when the hospitable door exposed a matron to avoid worse worse rape so if he is 
like a demon, an archdemon of lust. I mean, they reference Sodom, and you know, and that's the whole story. Like, has been twisted and used in in different ways uh, over the years to justify stupid shit like homophobia and things like that, right? But mm-hmm. really, they were just the people were basically possessed, going around raping people. <laughs> like, it's like a hellgate opened from my what I can gather, right? Yeah. So, what if he was the one that did it? You know what I mean? What if that's his influence, right? What if, like, think about it that way or something? You know, like, what if... Right. Yeah, maybe he. that's how he affects people. This causes them to, like, riot and rape and things like that. So, kind of kind of fucked up to think about, but... Sladesh. Yeah, 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 you're right. Oh, shit. Yeah. There's so many Basically pop culture the references. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That was Warhammer, right? Was it? Yeah, Warhammer 40k. 40k. Yeah, yeah you're right. Again, yep. Yep. of course, the, who, Eldar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Eldar. Yeah. Well, and who knows what they were researching? But it could also be my theory. Maybe they're yeah. just tapping into this, you know, hive mind. And yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of lore with that. So there's just no telling what they pulled from. There's they had to pull no from something. Telling. They had to. <laughs> yeah, they had to. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Let's see here. Uh, I'm going to go real quick, get through the rest of these. There's Mammon. Uh, Mammon, or Mammon, he was actually used in the movie Constantine, actually, the one that Keanu Reeves, Reeves was in, as oh, the, really? the son of the devil. I believe they used Mammon as the son of the devil, for that, or the son of Satan and everything for that one. Um, yeah. Which I actually still love that movie. I think it's a really good visual representation yeah. of like traversing the realms. It's a little dated, but I do too. <clears throat> oh, it's definitely dated with its yeah. messaging. Oh, oh yeah. my God. But it, yeah, it is still a pretty good movie. Yeah. There's, like it. there's highlights to it. Yeah. I mean, there's things that yeah. I, I can overlook and, and enjoy it still, but I went back and rewatched it a couple of years ago. I was just like, Oh yeah. no fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. Oh, and there's a really uh, young Shia LaBeouf, how you pronounce his name in there too. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he's the taxi like driver. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is he? I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yep. Huh. <clears throat> but anyways, so yeah, there's a pop culture reference for Mammon. But uh he's actually mentioned in Paradise Lost, which uh, by Milton. I don't know if you ever read that mm. when we were younger. I did. Yeah. Paradise Lost is there. This is one of my favorites. No, sorry. I think I'm thinking of um uh wait, Divine Comedy. Hold on. Dante's Inferno. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Divine Comedy. I was gonna say yeah. Paradise Lost and Divine Comedy are some of my favorite like of that era, those that writing. I really love it. But mm-hmm. um so Mammon, I'm not gonna go through his whole entry in there. Um but basically he is the art demon of avarice <clears throat> and he taught humans basically um how to mine how to as it says um how to uh rifle the bowels of their mother earth for treasures better hid soon had his crew opened into the hill a spacious wound and digged out ribs of gold so like it's a very beautiful way of putting it um but he basically is this demon of avarice of greed and teaches people basically you know, he's like yeah fuck ecology yeah fuck the earth i don't care about that just yeah. dig it all out yeah you know he encourages people <clears throat> to do these things very short-sightedly so that's kind of his role um and then um 
next would be Moloch. Moloch is one many have probably heard of if you've been in the conspiracy circles. Um, Moloch mm. is believed to be the demon they no. worship at Bohemian Grove. Um, now, the it's a giant statue of an owl for Moloch, which um, isn't necessarily how Moloch was often represented. He was more often represented as a bull, a golden bull, or a golden calf as well. Interesting thing to note there, uh, currently he's sloth, but um, a, a note there would be the symbolism of the golden bull, right? <clears throat> And yes, people did used to sacrifice children to uh, to Moloch, um, but we use the golden bull. There's a giant statue of it on Wall Street, right outside. You know, um, this idolatry yeah. to the golden bull has gone on for a very, very long time. Um, it's it represented Moses, I believe, uh, has them destroy a altar to the golden bull and, and basically melt it down. And so, like, there's a lot of references to this. But uh, he would they would sacrifice uh, children to him. They basically would build this golden oven, pretty much, and you would cook people or children alive inside. Yeah, in the shape of a bull. So he, there's not a lot fun about him or funny. He's just an asshole. Uh, he is just a dick, and people he may sounds still, like a giant dick. People may or may not still be worshiping him and doing certain uh, ceremonies to him. I guess. But yeah, he's ve definitely very heavy on uh, that that thing. He um he was called the Prince of the Valley of Tears because that was a reference to the valley uh, where they would do these sacrifices to him. They literally called it the Valley of Tears, so that's pretty fucked up. Um, yeah, yeah. So King Jeremiah ended up taking that area, which was called uh, Topeth, and just I guess he it said that he defiled Topeth. So I guess he just ran just took everything and destroyed it i guess um mm -hmm. and so then the sacrificial practices declined so <clears throat> he um he's one of the very well-known archdemons um and um apparently is currently sloth for what that's worth last one would be barbados as far as the archdemons go barbados is interesting he is um kind of funny looking uh, his dictionary and the infernal dictionary article entry has him like he kind of looks like a like a hunter sort of like an elf hunter you can probably find a picture of him and he has like a long rifle and he's wearing like clothes you would wear I guess in like the 1600s I don't know it, he looks hmm. interesting um, but he appears as a horned archer or hunter in the woods um with four kings surrounding horns before him. So I guess he's got a posse too. I guess they all just like to have posses. Um, but he's currently gluttony, which is interesting because what he taught was how to uh, decipher what animals, how basically how to speak to animals. Uh, he knows a buried treasure and it says he can reconcile disagreements between friends and knows past and future events. But to think about it this way, too, like, so he represents, he's this hunter figure that represents, like, our relationship to animals. And think about how we treat animals today, right? It's in this very destructive, negative way. So, yeah, it's interesting to think that maybe you can see the influence of these, I'm not going to call them archetypes. 
in fact, I, I was think I was thinking about it. antitype is actually a cool name for what they represent, right? It's the inverse of the archetypes. So, because mm-hmm. the 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 fourteen archdemons are basically the inverse of the fourteen Olympians. Um, the it's everything okay. is mirrored. Like another pop culture reference would be um, uh, Stranger Things, the Upside Down. Everything is this mirrored, demented version of everything, basically. And so the same with the if you have if you have archangels and archangels and God, which are basically the gods and demigods and things like that. um, If you have them, then you're going to have their counterparts, the inverse of them. So um, and that seems to be kind of the structure. Um, I have three honorable mentions, but to round it off, is there anything you want to add since we lost Huntley? No, uh, just a lot of fucking demons. I'm curious. This episode that... has just been been me ranting nonstop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, it is interesting to see. Yeah, like you mentioned with like the inverse of heroic mm-hmm. archetypes is basically yep. what these things are. Yep. The same archetypes um, that we use for spiritual growth, they represent that inverse. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that uh, that whole dichotomy with like, light and shadow and good and bad, like that's always been with us in some form or right. another. So, yep. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting to see how the it's manifestations a- of those things. Exactly. Well, and the thing about these entities is, I don't. So their birth was not really on purpose, right? And they're they're how they came into existence. And so I think, in grand scheme of things, they weren't really. They serve their existence serves a purpose, but I think just like we go through hero's journey cycles in our lives, I think the universe itself does, if that makes sense. And they just represent this very dark period. The Kali Yuga, if you were studying Hinduism, um, it's the universe's dark night of the soul, (laughs) basically, kind of. And I Mm -hmm. think because they didn't always exist, I think eventually, because they do. I think the duality of our realm, like you have good and bad, but I think once you go evil, which is what these things are, that's disharmonious. Like good and bad can exist in harmony, I, I believe, right? In neutral altogether, right? In a system. Um, but when you go evil, well, then as soon as evil exists, then righteousness has to exist to counter it. And it, they're both just as destructive. So you kind of have to, you know what I mean? So I think eventually. Mm-hmm. For the universe itself to return to harmony, something has to happen with these entities. Either they, I don't know, just an idea, right. something I've been pondering, philosophizing, <laughs> if that's a word, <laughs> about. It's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. the the honorable mentions, um, there's one called Agaris. Um, this was an article, there's two articles, one by Gizmodo, io9 and the other was buzzfeed on they did articles on the 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 best and worst demons to be possessed by which i don't think there's ever a best personally but you know whatever um you gotta cover all of the best slash worst lists in existence someone has to do it so i mean they do they do seem to have pros and cons you know uh (laughs) the cons are pretty steep so. Always look on the bright side. Jesus. <laughs> uh, let's see. So Agaris is 
it can be a man or a woman. Again, they are very fluid in their forms, so they don't really care. They're all shapeshifters. Yeah. But if it's a man, it's a man is old riding a crocodile. If the demon is a woman, she's young and angelically beautiful. Uh, so it says, uh, this was also one of the teacher, uh, demons, I guess. Um, it says a surprising amount of demons are teachers. They instruct those, uh, they visit or possess and give them knowledge or power, which is often why humans let, let them in. The good news is the short time with, uh, Garrus will give you knowledge of every language in the world. That's a pretty big plus. Uh, yeah. the, the bad news is that he or she will only teach you the foulest and most offensive words in each language. <laughs> that is, that's my pick. That's all I want to know is all of the, all the swear words. And I'm not going to lie. The, uh, man riding a crocodile imagery. It's metal as fuck. Oh, that's pretty metal. And yeah. And he only goes around cussing, just cursing, just saying the most foul words. Like, I don't know, man. Every language imaginable. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Oh, but here's the one problem: they include racial and ethnic slurs. You'll have to learn those too. That might ruin it for you, David. I don't. They're demons, David. They don't give a fuck about being nice. Yeah, I just want. There's no political correctness in hell. Okay. (laughs) Barely not. There's no PC in hell. No. No. So he's, he's interesting. I mean, yeah, so he'll educate you, but I guess you'll have some very creative, uh, <clears throat> he's basically a scatologist, scatologist, I guess. Scatologist. Yeah. Something like yeah. scatologist, scatologist, yeah. scatologist. Yes. <laughs> uh, and the next honorable mention is Pazuzu, Sumerian or Assyrian and Babylonian. Sounds like Panera. Panera. <laughs> Well, Pazuzu is, has been in a lot of pop culture, actually. Uh, referenced as the demon that was in the Exorcist movie, um, like being the one that was doing the possession. Uh, they ended up using it... Um, well, basically, Pazuzu, it was a, a, a demon uh, that it says, the entry says, a king of the wind demons. He's known for inflicting humankind with storms, droughts, and plagues. Also notable for... Um, Possessing Reagan from the Exorcist, it says. So that's that's the demon they used. Uh, his appearance <clears throat> is having a scaly body, a dog-like head, taloned feet, wings, a scorpion's tail, and a serpentine penis. Mm. Yeah, that okay. does not sound good. Um, a little rough. So he was actually also used in The Simpsons in one of their uh, Halloween episodes where they basically did an Exorcist spoof. It was the Treehouse of Horror 26, I think. Mm. And <clears throat> you can watch clips of it online, but basically Homer gets possessed and then Maggie gets possessed uh, by Pazuzu and goes around murdering all the, the, the people at the Halloween party. Oh no. And I'm just like, and I'm watching this and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> why? Why? Why did they do this? I don't understand. So that's weird. <clears throat> He's also referenced in um, Futurama though. So the creator of Simpsons of Futurama obviously mm. has an interest in Pazuzu. So that's an interesting note. Yeah. Um, and the last one is Surgat. Uh, <clears throat> so this one, he, he doesn't get honorable mention for him. He gets honorable mention for someone he's associated with who wrote about him. He's first mentioned by the great, in the Great Grimoire of Honorius. 
Honorius, their historians are not sure who he is, so there's a little bit of mystery. They think he may have been Honorius, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Honorius III, who is the Pope from 1216 to 1227. Okay. So whether he wrote this book or not, Honorius is famous among popes. So there's a good chance this is him, right? Because this was his reputation among the among historically. Yeah. So for deliberately doing ceremonies to summon demons, so he could just turn right around and banish and exorcise them right back down to hell. Apparently, he was just fucking training to fight Satan at any time, and he was demons were his fucking sparring partners, and that is metal as hell. I don't know. I mean, I know he's a pope. I'm not glorifying Catholicism or anything, but holy shit, dude. I wonder if he was tr- also trying to build a hyperbolic time chamber in his spare time to spar with these demons and raise his power up. Oh my God. That's ridiculous. So that's kind of badass. That's fucking badass, right? That's like the same as the Solomon like yeah. level badassery here. Like, okay, that's yeah. pretty epic. Like, you know, I guess that's one way to become a really good exorcist is just become a conjurer too and just be like, and yep. like, what if you were just summoning the same demon over and over again, just whack a mole oh. him just to fuck with him? Oh my God. <laughs> that would piss him off so bad. Yeah. Just, hey, would. welcome back. <laughs> and back down again. Oh, but yeah. Might not want to do that like too much. No, that be a bad idea. Yeah. Oh, well, Interesting. That's, all, that's all I got. I wanted to do yeah. just a little. A lot of them are kind of can be kind of light, you know, if you can just kind of look around this child sacrificing and stuff. They're kind of silly fuckers a little bit, it seems, you know, I can't take them all yeah. that seriously. And, you know, I, f- I think knowing your enemy and uh, I, I got to say, like, you got to have respect, you know, for their ability, I guess. But at the same time, if a pony shows up uh, a demon pony i just feel like i'm, I'm gonna have a hard time I'm never taking gonna them see seriously the same again i'm gonna how I'm do you like take something like that seriously ponies. yeah Ugh. i don't think i can take any of it seriously and why would they yeah. do yeah i don't understand why a pony why a demon pony but yeah why not demon pony why not I mean, demon demon pony why? 2024 you know why? Because friendship <laughs> is magic. That's Demon why. Pony's running for president next. <laughs> oh no, dear God! Uh, I hope it doesn't come to that. Hey, man. We they're all out in the open now. That let's, far. let's fucking do it. Let's just everyone just be out in the open. We'll have Demon Pony up there. We need to know who the 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 overlords are. The the real people behind the curtain. The Demon Pony overlord. Let's just have them run for president, just so we can all. Yeah. Yeah, have a contest. See which 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 demon which lord anti-American you know. favorite. <laughs> exactly. Did we just do that? Make no. a game. Okay. Make a game show out of it. Isn't well, it I mean, it's going to be <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's all I got. Like, yeah, I mean, that's all I got too. It's cool to like learn a little more about Asmodeus. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> interaction. Yeah, you that seem interested really cool. interested in him. Azazel is the one that it catches my interest. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I knew Asmodeus was the one that you were 
kind of eyeing from from those stories because that is a pretty badass yeah. story though like God, it is. Yeah. that's pretty yeah, epic for sure and a lot of the stuff that's in the lesser key they're not all demons that's another thing is there a lot of them are other types of spirits elementals um and things like that and there are negative elementals but they're not always demons that's one thing and also there's a yeah. difference between a fallen angel and a demon as well which is something interesting to note uh, you'll notice mm-hmm. I never said the word Lucifer tonight, uh, because the Lucifer is actually a title. It means uh, the light bearer, but Lucifer is one of those terms I think has been corrupted over time. Um, originally, I think it was referring to the god Apollo, because there's another mm-hmm. term which is the uh-huh. Cud- the Caducifer, right? And the Caducifer, I believe, referred to Hermes. It uh, it means the staff bearer. So you have the light bearer, the staff bearer. They were titles for the Olympians, from what I can tell, basically. Uh, gotcha. And then uh, you know, over time, again, as as the pagan gods were vilified, you know, uh, they mm-hmm. would attach these titles and names and things, associate them with Satan, and and that's how you end up in a situation where. Everyone thinks that these entities are all just Satan or whatever, but like, yeah, I mean, in a way, I guess they're all coming from him, but they're individuals, clearly, you know, so, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm sure that last part about L- Lucifer will probably piss off a lot of people, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> One day like, we'll just devil worshiper. do an episode on no, debunking Christianity specifically. and Yeah, that would be an interesting, that would be a multi-part <laughs> series, but well and really it's I just, did that with any religion really but yeah and the thing is if you go deeper yeah. into like the mystical side of christianity like the gnostics and stuff you get you get more into the truth of like the core that that it's been that was like the foundation it was built on you know what i mean like back to its roots sort of uh the gnostics yeah. um uh, were they, they have a very negative worldview but they uh do have a lot of really high quality information from they were clearly mystics and were exploring these other realms through whatever means uh yeah drugs or otherwise but yeah yep yeah they were doing yeah, they did a good job so something to look into as well um but yeah yeah well on that note before it's gone on pretty long and how long how long have we got to make uh we're an hour and a half. We're at about an hour fifteen oh, cool. right now. Actually, that's including perfect. including like all of the you know technical cut stuff. Out. So it's gonna be a little bit shorter. So it'll yeah. be about an hour. Probably. I'll do the outro just in case Huntley doesn't feel like doing it. Um, if you like what you hear, thanks for listening to me. <laughs> thanks for listening to me rant for. <laughs> about <laughs> demons yeah it was a good rant well i mean it's a lot of research to do it's so, a lot of information to know. cram yeah yeah but, but um <laughs> yeah check us out on all the platforms check out our patron for premium stuff get to listen to episodes ahead of time with the bonus show and yeah that's about it thanks for listening and have a good night bye <laughs> <laughs> no, Every time. No bias. Every time. All right. Um, so how do we...